Welcome, everyone. Welcome to oh, Review It Yourself. Stu, for, well, everyone, people call him Rob. I call him Stu. Stu from Stu World Orders here. Hi. I think, I think my microphone's too close. Let's just move that back. <laughs> uh, yeah, Stu is here. Uh, I know Stu doesn't like this already. I didn't tell him already. It's letterboxed. Uh, all three words of it, or whatever it was, or four, five, <laughs> whatever it was. Uh, we are here to review the 2002 classic Ghost Ship. The tagline is Sea Evil. Get it? Sea, as in Sea Evil. Oh. Like, that's the kind of intelligence we're working with, <laughs> people. So you they need got to get puns. You know, yeah, they got, yeah, they got, yeah. Don't want none unless you've got puns, hon. So yeah, let, let's. Uh, <laughs> let's <laughs> oh yeah, this is the kind of uh, the level you need to be at to watch a film like this. And I've actually got the DVD cover now, and it's the old-fashioned, you know, the cardboard ones that you used to click at the front. Remember those ones, like oh, way yeah, back when? Yeah. So we've got uh, <laughs> the. Obviously, the synopsis of this is embarrassing. Like, I would be embarrassed to turn this in at work. So, not not that I'm a writer, but, you know, I'd still be <laughs> embarrassed. Uh, thumpingly scary, the mail on Sunday. Well, that's, that, that just screams it all. A routine salvage operation turns into a hellish nightmare for Murphy, in brackets, Gabriel Byrne, and his crew, Juliana Margulies, Ron Elder, Eldard, and Isaiah Washington. This is honestly... So embarrassing. Shockingly gory and chilling events unfold on board. An abandoned luxury liner as the team come face to face with unimaginable terror. Yeah. Hold me back. Uh, from from <laughs> the producer. This is true so far. I know. From the producer of House on Haunted Hill and 13 Ghosts, Ghost Ship is packed with special effects. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> and non stop frights. Mm. Mm. Leading to a heart-stoppingly terrifying climax. Oh my! I and, must have watched a different climax. Yeah, my heart, be. my heart is still going. Uh, <laughs> um, and the Daily Star said, "We'll scare you shipless." Jesus oh, H. Christ! So many puns. I know, so many, many puns. Anywho, let's put that aside. So, welcome, Stu. Haven't really said hello properly yet. It's all right. How are you today, Sean? Can't complain. I mean, you know, as I was explaining to you beforehand, I'm sat here in the dark. You are. You're, you're laying in bed like you want me to draw you like one of my French girls. I don't know yeah, what it's... I'm supposed to be doing on this Skype call here. It's, it's very sensual, people. So <laughs> what? We, uh, yeah, no. For anybody who's asked, because people have said, you know, the, I, I know from the audience, you know, you can see the ratings take up and stuff that people enjoy the episodes with Stu on. So, and I've no doubt people are like, why isn't he on more? Because he's too bloody busy. I am he really busy. That's for, yeah. I'm also not exactly known for rest. <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> I'm known for throwing the episodes out there. Like there's no tomorrow. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a nightmare trying to get us, trying to get us fixed up on a date. It really is. Not yeah, that kind of date. This is for me. This is Wednesday as of we're recording. This is the second of three or four recordings I'm doing this week. You see how special it makes me feel, everybody? I mean, that's, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just no need, is there? I'm just one in a very long line. No, no, no. no, 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 that's good. That's good. <laughs> um, all right, let's kick straight into it, because, I, I mean, I really enjoyed this. 
I, I always have done. I haven't watched it in years. Uh, I had to buy the DVD because I didn't. I didn't have it anymore. So wait, I, have what, you seen this before? Oh yeah, years ago. I, I okay. This was like around the house, um, when we were younger, and I, I remember watching it, and I absolutely loved it. It did scare me back then. But when I was I was what 10, 11. So I let myself, you know, I let myself have on that one. But I love the opening credits because it almost feels, you know, you could kind of switch out the opening of this with like the 1998 parent trap up <laughs> to a certain point, and then it would <laughs> traumatize the children. Uh, and you know, it's got this like little romantic font and this beautiful Italian song, uh, Senza Fine, which means without an end. And then the one of the paragraphs reads, uh, or chorus, you are a never-ending moment. You have no yesterday, you have no tomorrow, which is true, especially with this film. And, yeah, I mean, it's it's like, it starts off, you know, old-fashioned, the old-fashioned Warner Bros. Brothers logo. And it looks more like a 60s film, doesn't it, when it starts, and... Yeah, it feels can... very it feels very love boat. That's my first note is what is this love boat intro to this movie? I think it's just it's like this lulling you into false sense of security, and then it's sitting you down in a chair, giving you a massage, and then it's like, whoa, okay, what's going on here? And then Yeah, this, might be... was, this was to get people when they walked into the cinemas to be like two minutes in and think like, I've walked into the wrong movie. This is this is not the movie I meant to watch. Yeah, I wonder if anybody walked out. It's just like, what? <laughs> this isn't the right film. You've and then they walk back in and they, they just see the girl like, ah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I mean, the creepy butler award for today's film goes to the guy in the kind of blue green jacket, the one that gets stabbed later on. Oh, he's such a creep. Like if he was walking around, it's like this. How's the voyage going? Well, it was all right till that till he started walking around and smiling at me. <laughs> He's, I mean, really kind of odd. Oh, the think... guy with the the weird face. Yeah, that like I the scars in that. Like... Yeah, I was like, is that a disguise or is he just supposed to be ugly? I I didn't I, understand. I don't, I don't know. So for anyone who doesn't know, it's set aboard the Antonio Garaza. It's nineteen sixty two. It's all Italians. The girl is meant to be English. But did you notice? I'll jump in straight away because I can't wait to see. Did you notice anything about her accent? And and I don't mean to be stereotypical, but you're American, so I'm not expecting you to have noticed. I, I noticed. Did, I didn't notice anything. I was just stuck on like, oh my god, it's a little girl version of the girl from Sucker Punch. That's that's all. Okay. Well, the girl in this, the actress, is actually Australian. Now, for oh, anybody okay. who's watching it from like Britain, the UK, and Australia, it stands out a mile. Like, there's a line where she says, what is it she says? It might come up later on in my notes. Oh, yeah, that bit where she says, oh, my parents are dead. My parents are dead. And then, my, my, you know, Julianne Maglis is like, how do you know this, Katie? And she's like, "She's like, when you're like this, you know these things. And she, like, slips into the... That was awful. Sorry, Australia. But she kind of... <laughs> you can hear it, and it's like, what? Because I was, like, thinking that something doesn't sound right here. And then I Googled it, uh, uh, or binged it, or searched it. And, she, and I was like, oh, yeah, she's Australian. That makes a lot of she's sense. Australian. Uh, she she's... Lost, her, lost her English accent for a second. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't get it, though, because she's on board an Italian ship, and you hear other people talking Italian, like everybody, including the captain, when he's dancing with her. So it's like, is she Italian? But she couldn't speak Italian. So they just kind of said, look, just speak English. 
and push it up a bit and no one really notice. Because she's like, uh, she says, oh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be with my parents in New York. And it's like, right, so does that mean they're American? Or they're Italian? <laughs> because you hear like, you know, I don't, I'm sure the filmmakers don't want you to think this deeply into it, but for podcasters, it's our job, kind of. So, you know, you have all that and it's like, I don't kind of get what's going on here. Because you hear like the captain saying like Buenos Aires and all that kind of thing. And it just kind of, and you're thinking, right, where's this going? But that aside, so she's traveling. Sorry, speak any English in the opening scene? No, she doesn't speak. She just, she just, well, another thing, she's got an English, like that board thing that's like a weird letter abacus thing where she spells like, I am okay. so bored. Oh, okay. Right, right. And that steward walks up to her and like, Changes it for her and smiles, and off he goes before he gets his throat slit later on. Um, <laughs> spoilers, uh, <laughs> right at the start, you've got this beautiful Francesca, she's in a dress, she's singing some great trivia about her later on. So stick around. She is there singing Sens of Fina, it's really kind, it's really lovely, and something's just, just a little bit off. The captain offers Katie to dance, she's up there dancing, obviously, she's the shortest one. And if you haven't Watch the film Ghost Ship. I don't I don't want the listen from this part. I want the, the audience. If you haven't seen it, just stop right now and then go watch it. Because yeah, I go watch hate. the first five to ten minutes. Yeah, because because you specifically said you didn't want to spoil the opening to me. And I was like, who doesn't spoil the opening of a movie? What the when it's a film like this? <laughs> it's yeah. like the rest of the film, people can take it, I'll leave it. But the start, like really so this is your final one and anybody listening. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go listen to one of my other episodes or one of Stu's and, and just, just come back when you've seen Ghost Ship because you, you might not like it that much. I'm sure Stu doesn't. But <laughs> but just I don't want to spoil it for you. So, yeah, she's there. Somebody, so spoiler, spoiler alert's gone. We're cracking on because you've had your warning and I'm fed up saying it now. Someone, <laughs> pulls, someone pulls this like little little handle and this wire starts, it's got all these lights on it these lanterns on it and then you know it it like flings across the dance floor and oh it just tears people to pieces and i absolutely love that i love and I, it that goes, seems great it goes at like the speed of sound because it goes oh, yeah. right right through everybody and you're not like you know what happened you're watching it and you know what's about to happen you know what the wire did but you have that like fraction of a second of doubt where you're just like what is about to happen? Oh, okay, it's happening. I see. It's the point of view shot of the wire, the cable as well, when it flies through the crowd and it's like, yeah. And then you're like, and then everyone stood there like, <sighs> they're all like looking around at each other, like terrified, thinking, oh my God. And then all of a sudden, it's just like people just start to like drop and fall. And that guy's kecks, that's. British for trousers or pants, Americans falls down and I his belly. No, kecks. It's a northern kecks. phrase. Uh, uh. And <laughs> so, so niche. You've got a niche to be successful, apparently. Yeah. So it, his kecks fall down and part of his shirt. And then, you know, his belly all starts to bleed. And then he just literally falls in half. And there's a woman with a dress. She tries to put herself back together. It's not really working for her. Um, it's, it's that. I mean, that opening scene is pretty rough. Then you've yeah. got Katie, obviously, she's a lot shorter than everybody else because there's no other kids on this boat, apparently. And because <laughs> you don't see any others, I don't know. I don't know. Was it like a 
Fred Olsen adult-only cruise. I really don't know. <laughs> but uh, other cruise uh, lines are available. I, I don't kind of get what's going on uh, in that respect, but who cares? So she looks up, the captain's there, he's holding on to her, and he's you know, got like a line of blood right from his lips, and he's like... <sighs> and then his head just slides forward and falls off. And his I body... I like <sighs> that everybody else, it goes through their midsection... But the captain, it goes through his head. And I was like, is he a foot and a half shorter than everyone else? I don't understand why it went through his head. Was he, was he leaning down for some reason? Yeah, I think he, because le- he, if you want, I mean, I think it's exaggerated, but he leans forward to protect her. I think because mm. he's like over a type thing. So maybe he has, but not that far. But I think, I think from a filmmaking point of view, it's a throwback to the original idea. The original idea for this was that it would decapitate everybody in the studio, which I don't understand because this way is more graphic <laughs> in my eyes. Like, there's people in half and arms. And, uh, anyway, they were like, no, no, that's too much. <laughs> like, I'd love to have been in that meeting, wouldn't you? Like, uh, yeah, we want to uh, we want to have the scene where this wire comes across. I don't know why they're American. The wire comes across and decapitates them all. <laughs> and they're, they're just like, I, I love it. I, I love it. But do we have to? I mean, decapitating it, isn't that a bit far? Like, can't we just have the arms fly off? So yeah. that's kind of what they go with. Sorry, America. That's kind of what they go with. And you're thinking, <laughs> thinking, why? It's been a while, everybody. Yeah, I haven't recorded in a while. I'm a bit excited. So just, just let me. This isn't any toned down at all. That's for sure. That's what I mean. Why did you bother? <laughs> Um, yeah, he got a best crack on my nuts. So yeah, as we said, it's the Italian passenger ship, the Antonia Graza, and then the head, the captain's head slides off. She screams. It flashes to the present day, which is kind of two thousand two. We meet the Arctic warrior tugboat. Gabriel Byrne plays Murphy. He's the captain and recovering alcoholic. Surprisingly, his first name is Sean and spelled the same as mine. But I don't think they tell you that in the film. A bit of trivia for you there. <laughs> Uh, I I only ever recalled anybody calling him Murphy. Yeah. Hey, how do Murph? Yeah. So there's all that, and then Juliana Margulies as Maureen Epps, but she never gets called Epps. And then there's one scene where they whisper through the radio like Maureen. He's like, yeah. It's like you're supposed to know that, but the movie has never given you that information, (laughs) so I don't understand. All of my notes for her are just the good wife. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Um, I'd never refer to her as Epps or anything. It's just the good wife character. Oh, okay. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, that's a TV show. She's not just decided to be like, I'm just going to call her the good wife. Um, we've got... There um, won so many Emmys. Everyone should know the good wife. I didn't even watch it, and I know it. Me neither. And I know it. Um, we've got <laughs> uh, Ron Eldard as Dodge. Now, you might recognize him from such classics. He played... He played real life. Uh, I think he was Marines. Uh, Michael Durant in Black Hawk Down, recipient of the Medal of Honor. You've got. He also played the fictional uh, astronaut Oren Monash in Deep Impact. Great film. Um, Carl Urban, out of nowhere. I watched this back. Yeah. The voice was like, Carl Urban's in this. <laughs> He's, Carl Urban is literally like um, like Stu from Scream in this. He's a bit kind of like that, and I can't remember. Why can't I remember the actor's name? Help oh, me. Matthew Lillard. Yeah, he's a bit like that, isn't he? He's just, I mean, yeah, he's great. Um, he's, then, yeah, he's acting really hard, but I don't think he's acting Matthew Lillard hard. I don't think anybody on the planet Earth acts as hard as Matthew Lillard, man. That's true. And he does it's that just, in every movie he's in. I know. If you haven't seen Without a Paddle, 
which I lo- I really enjoy that film as well. Oh, really? Yeah. I, just, I know I just, of it. I've never seen it. Oh, I didn't list you. So we've <laughs> got <laughs> stupid, like, what are you making me watch? Um, it's not I mean, She's the Man. Oh, She's the Man's good. Yeah. It, well, I'll, okay, it's not. I'll give you that. But um, <laughs> And we've also got Isaiah Washington as Greer. Uh, so I mean, there's there's Santos. He's not in it much. Um, and then, oh, there's also uh, Desmond Harrington as Jack Ferryman. He's a Royal Canadian Air Force weather spotter, and he comes up to them. Uh, well, they they save this boat. They're all gung ho. I love how like early two thousands this film is. Like the music choices in it are just like these. Oh like, yeah, I, I I just love it. But I can, it does age it somewhat. But I don't mind that. What did you think of the I songs? I I refer to all the songs in this movie as corn because I'm sure none of them are by the band corn, but they all sound like they would be by the band corn. Maybe they're about so... maize or something, <laughs> or, or sweet corn or something. I don't know. But it's uh, that era where like all all hard rock sounded like corn to me. Like it was all like corn, Creed, Limp Biscuit, that like they all sounded the same and it was just like, yeah, I just call all that music corn. It's like all mid nineties music I just call like, oh, third eye blind. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I just I really enjoyed it. Um he comes up to them, Jack Fairman comes up to them, says, I found this ship. Uh, when I was, I don't know, flying over somewhere. The geography, by the way, for anyone who knows <laughs> geography, is absolutely horrific. Uh, this ship <laughs> has either gone around the Horn of Africa or through the uh, through the Panama Canal with like nobody realizing. But, uh, but you know, you could kind of stretch the argument almost so far it snaps and say, well, that's part of the mystique there. How did it move about the oceans? I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's. I think it was just written by somebody who doesn't have a grasp of geography. <laughs> uh, They're like, ah. All the oceans are connected. It could have ended up anywhere. Yeah, yeah why not? Um, yeah. It was, going like... from Italy, it was going from Italy to England, but now it's between Russia and Alaska. You know, New, like water does. York. They go to New yeah. York. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which, I mean, it just doesn't it doesn't make any sense, but who cares? Um, <laughs> we also have the beautiful Francesca Detondi, uh, sorry, as Francesca, the singer. And she believe. Oh, well, actually, we'll keep, we'll stick with the plot for now. I'll keep the trivia. So Jack Ferryman comes up to them and says, "I found this boat." Shows them a picture. You know, we get a little, like a couple of lines off. We're supposed to be going home. Blah blah blah. And then they're like, "Oh, okay, yeah, fine, we'll do it." The only plan in our business is there is no plan. Oh, can you? You just love the enthusiasm. Listen to that. <laughs> and the the say the English are enthusiastic. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so the 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 trivia about Francesca. It's all, it's all downhill after the wire scene, man. It's all downhill. Yeah, I mean, I I enjoy it. I think it's very it's a very lean beast. There's no fat on this film whatsoever. And I'd argue, and this is, Stu will be like, I mean, I wish you could see the disgust when I say this, but this film is kind of the perfect example for me of, yeah, okay, it's not a brilliant film. Stu's face is gone already. It's the perfect example of you can make a decent story in 90 minutes. You don't have to drag it on for like two hours, three hours. It's Sometimes it's just not needed. I say that loving the film Titanic. I know I'm a bit of a hypocrite. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so, so I'll finally get to the trivia. Francesca... Um, she was actually a passenger on the Cost Concordia cruise liner when it hit a rock 
off the island of Gili, off the Italian coast. Um, and she um, described herself as being lucky. Um, and when she did the interview, they said her voice was mixed with kind of tiredness and smiles. And they said because they were in the dining room, which went out on a deck three, they managed to evacuate to a lifeboat pretty quickly uh, because she said there was lots of people that were like with her and then they never saw them again because apparently they were told to go back to their booths and what kind of seating area and things. And I think she didn't. So, yeah. So not to drop the mood so quickly anyway, but uh, yeah. And she... um, she was asked about kind of because she doesn't speak English, hence why she doesn't speak English in the film. Um, she was asked about ghost ship, and she said, Well, that was only fiction, you know, tonight was like a tragic reality. Um, anywho, uh, Epps they go on, they find the Costa Concordia, they almost drive straight into it again, rock music. Um, well, <laughs> and they the do very... drive straight into it, don't they? Oh, yeah, yeah, because uh, yeah, what's his face, and then he gets crushed. Yeah, one um, of the guys. Is it Carl Urban or is it one of the other guys? I no, forget. it's uh, the other fella. Um, not Munda. What's the other fella? Because Carl Urban's Munda, the other fella. Uh, Dodge, it's Dodge. And he okay. Gets um, Epps, uh, then Munda, Carl Urban, falls through the deck and sees a little girl who vanishes. There's odd things like they find a digital watch. They find like a cigarette with lipstick on it. Uh, so, so I was writing these notes thinking this sounds really stupid. Um, <laughs> it kind of is. Um, you know, Epp sees the girl again, there's bullet holes in the pool, um, and stuff like that. So, everybody's kind of, you know, uh, what's his face? The second in command starts hearing this beautiful woman singing to him through the radio, and they're all they all think it's kind of the other person doing it, even though there's like six of them, and you'd be like, surely you just ask, but whatever. Um, Let's go with. I mean, what, no, best ask you. Sorry, Stu, I'm just banging on here. What did you think of the uh, these early opening scenes? Well, like you know, the, the discovery of his face is he's he's like, oh god, I don't even know what to say. Or he's struggling I to watched, remember. I don't know. I watched. Yeah, no, that's. It. I watched this movie a week ago because we were going to record, and then we ended up having to push back. And it's it's not a highly memorable movie. I'm trying to remember all the stuff happening. I like. You mentioned the swimming pool scene, the the good wife falls in the swimming pool, and there's bullet holes in the swimming pool, and is it her that she bleeds in the pool, and the pool, like, drinks her blood? Yeah, like, yeah, there's some, so, I'll tell you what. I was trying to figure out what was happening there. Right, well, this is a good segue, actually, into, there's a, you could literally not talk about the film and just talk about the production. So I, I went and read a few interviews. So some of the stuff people will know, other stuff, I hopefully I found something slightly new. But if there's that many podcasts, who knows? Um, <laughs> so the production, originally the film was called Chimera uh, by Mark Hanlon. It was a psychological um, kind of drama in which... Um, oh, sorry, psychological horror. I can't even read my own bloody writing. In which... Um, four crew members go mad and plot to kill the others. Then it was changed to a slasher. Now, rumour has it that the... Well, not rumour, because I found out later on that it's true. Rumour has it the crew signed on to this original script. Then by the time they came to it, it had all changed. So Margulies, uh, who's known for ER and, of course, The Good Wife, uh, told Hello Magazine in 2002 uh, 
I think this is when she was selling the film because the tone changes, as so often it does. says, you've got to go and do these big movies that everyone wants to see and make some money so you can do little artistic plays. Which <laughs> uh, yeah. And that was, I think that was like a part. So, and she described Ghost Ship as, quote, a haunted house movie on a boat. The Shining meets Dead Calm. Uh, and she's, even though she wasn't a fan of the horror genre, she said, quote, after doing it and seeing it, I thought it was fun. A fun thing to watch while eating a bowl of popcorn. So she knew yeah. where she was going with it. Um, yeah, and that's fine. And that's like, there's a but place she changes in the world it, for sorry. those movies. There's a Costumous. place in the world for those movies. There's got to be that we're missing some of them now. We need some more. Um, I And then it, on the 22nd of May, 2014, she tweets, apparently. Uh, it had been written as a psychological thriller about what happens when you have too much of something. Money is evil, greed, and these two people start going crazy. So I said, yes. It was a big Warner Brothers picture. I was the lead with Gabriel Byrne. Then I got off the plane in Australia, and the script totally changed. Suddenly, I was in a really awful horror movie, and it was shocking. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, that's kind of, I mean, at least she's honest. And, yeah, you know, she wasn't in a sales pitch mode anymore at that point. No, not at all. They'd, they'd sold all the DVDs they were going to sell. They, it wasn't coming back to theaters. She didn't have to pimp it. Well, it was the out of like the top 40 biggest selling horror DVDs. Ghost Ship came 22nd, one behind The Shining, which is kind of weird, given it was, yeah, I mean, so it sold well. Like if you go to a charity shop or a CEX or a shop like that, a used DVD shop, you're going to find a couple of copies of Ghost Ship because it was like massively popular. It really hmm. was. Uh, and, you know, although it kind of got mixed reviews at the time, although there was kind of, there's been retroactive praise for the opening, of course, uh, it did kind of quite, it did okay. It got, got you know, it I think doubled its budget or something. So it, it did okay at the time. Um, where was I up to? Yeah, okay. So plot-wise, Eps, oh, I've already been, I've already done that bit. How professional. Um, here's a question for you, Stu. Do you think Greer was ready to get married? Ah, <laughs> uh, he clearly isn't. He just starts following around a, a naked ghost lady because he's like, hey, it doesn't count if you're dead. Thing like, is, though, he right? Spends, he spends yeah, so early on in the movie going, like, I have to be home by this time because I'm going to get married and I have to get home to my wife and blah, blah, blah. And then he gets on the boat and he's like, yeah, I'm going to have sex with this ghost woman. It's going to be great. In this empty lift shaft, because that's going to be safe. Yeah. I mean, you know, if anybody doesn't know, she's kind of... Well, there's that quite cool scene. I mean, the effects kind of... I mean, they did it practically, and but it kind of, the, the, you know, the, the gaps are a bit obvious now. But they have that scene where the whole room kind of reverts back to how it would have been. And all these people are clapping, which is a bit creepy. And she walks up and talks to him and all this kind of thing. In Italian, of course. Very romantic language. And <laughs> it's a very passionate language. I went to Italy earlier this year and you don't know whether people are arguing or what. Because <laughs> there's a lot of passion in there. Um, it's great. And anyway, so, you know, she's, she's taking her clothes off. All the other people disappear, of course. I, I think. Well, no, that would be a bit weird. Well, they um, leave the room, so... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No one follows them, thankfully. Oh, no, no ghosts, apparently. Uh, you know, she take, all of a sudden she's got no top on, as you do. And she's in front of this kind of wet... Uh, oh, that that line, Stu. <laughs> it's such a bad line. I can't love it. Oh, see if I can do the accent justice. 
can't cheat on your girlfriend with a dead girl, right? It's, oh. Yeah, yeah, that's what he's, yeah, he's, he's not ready to get married. Like you said, he's just, oh. I don't know. He's like, he's just you know like, uh, thing is, though? It's, yeah. it's one of those things where it's hard to separate the actor from the performance. And I was just ready for Isaiah Washington to die because he's a known homophobe. And I was like, yeah, all right, kill this guy. I'm fine with that. See, I don't know. I don't I don't recognize the guy. Was he in oh, ER he or one on, of those? He was on Grey's Anatomy for a while. Uh, I knew he was on something, but it's a bit of an odd death. I mean, he, he kind of fall. I, I quite like it, but it, I mean, it hadn't aged as well as I remember. He kind of falls through the woman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Lift shaft and kind of, you just, you just hear a bang and, a, and that's yeah, about it's, it. It's a very wily coyote death where it's like somebody just painted a picture on a hole and he just walks through the picture into the hole or something like wily coyote. I know it's odd. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, also, um, do you remember the maggot scene with the maggots where they're eating the food? Oh, vaguely. Yeah. Like the, Carl Urban and the other guy who's not as relevant of an actor as Carl Urban, so I didn't get his name. They find a bunch of cans of food and they kind of paper, rock, scissors to see who's going to eat the food first. And Carl Urban loses because he apparently can only play rock. <laughs> I don't understand that weird subplot. Like they play paper, rock, scissors like two or three times and every time he loses because he plays rock. But yeah, he, he opens the can of food first and there's beans inside and he starts eating it. And he's like, this is great. And the other guy doesn't believe him, but he starts eating it. And he's like, this is great. And they eat beans for a while. And then suddenly they look down and it's, it's old. Well, no, it's Maggie. Carl Urban who sees one held out and he's like, oh, you got something on your face. Okay. And he's like, okay. and the guy's like, looks at his fork and it's just all maggots. And then he's like, yeah. and the maggots yeah. are in his mouth. Good stuff. <laughs> um, did you, oh yeah, I've already asked that question. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Murphy uh, falls off the wagon. Oh, well, we haven't even got to the before this bit. Sorry, <laughs> before this bit, the Arctic Warrior blows up. Uh, yeah, there is a subplot. Is, how does Santos get blown up? He's in the bottom of the ship in the engine room, right? No, it's not a big ship, it gets blown up, and then next minute, you see him fly across the room in a ball of flames. And then next minute, he's on deck, on fire, yeah. and he, like, rolls into the <laughs> sea. Like, I don't understand. Did he blow out through... Uh, it just doesn't make much sense. But, I mean, it's, it's a good visual, but it's like, really? Yeah, there's this subplot we glazed over where the engine <laughs> dies once they connect to the, uh, the Antonia Graza. And Santo spends the entire movie trying to fix the engine, but the ghosts kind of break something. Turn the so propane gas on, don't they? Yeah, they, it's they make it final so destination, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Yeah, and that blows up. So they get stranded on the ship, and that's why they start eating the food. And Oh, the, the scene as well where the guy, the, um, Isaiah Washington's character is just like, uh, just randomly punches Carl Owen for like no reason whatsoever. And it, because he's just kicking off, like, I should have been the Coast Guard. And it's like, oh, sh <laughs> And Carl Urban says exactly what I was thinking, which is, oh, it's everybody else's fault, isn't it? It's never yours. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And uh, yeah, Murphy. You, Isaiah Washington. <laughs> yeah. Murphy ends up going to uh, the Cabino El Capitano and um, meets the captain, falls off the wagon because there's just. And before Greer dies, he has a bottle of wine. I mean, I'm not being funny, I don't drink wine. But surely that's got to be corked. Like, I mean, it's like 40-year-old. Like, what's going on? Like, really? 
But who cares? Well, it's it's ghost wine. It's ghost it's wine. Ghost so wine. It, fo- <laughs> it follows its own rules. The yeah, grapes ferment at the exact area and time that the ghosts need it to. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and he meets the captain. He's talking to the captain. The cap. Oh, they. Um, they find all this gold. It, it's we're massacring this, but it's you know. But they find this gold, I, and they're I, like. I like to think of it as the movie massacred itself. Possibly, possibly. Yeah, I enjoy it this... for what it is. But the one I get, got... sorry, go on, Stu, go on. Yeah, I like. No, no, no. Sorry, I was going to say that's like the whole point of the movie, right? Is there's all this gold on the ship that the Francesca and a bunch of people were thieves after the gold, and they died. The and theory is that they've the killed the passengers, haven't they? The, the theory yeah. is they've killed the passengers. They don't know that yet. We don't know that yet. We're just kind of guessing with bullet holes and whatnot. And the fact there's nobody alive, apart from a dead child hanging in the cupboard, but we'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> seriously, there is. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's a dark turn. Um, it's not my... I didn't write the film. Um, we find out from the Italian captain who has his head, just, just in case you're wondering... Um, that the the Antonio Graza, it found uh, De Lorelei, which was a German ship made up, uh, and they found they got all these crates of gold off it, and he says, "Oh, there was there was no survivors, were there?" And and he and he puts his finger up, and says, "There was one." Gives him a photo, and he's like, "Oh, Jesus Christ, we don't see, we don't see who that is." Um, and L- Lorelei is a German story. It's about a siren who lives, sorry, who lures sailors to their deaths. So that's kind of the idea that they're kind of going for. What I was on about earlier when I started all that um, that trivia about the old script that they all signed on for, there's like elements of that left, but it's kind of not explained. So like apparently Munda dies because he bets with so-and-so. Uh, Gabriel Burns kind of dies because he falls off the wagon, you know, the sin of drink. Uh Someone else died. Oh, Santos dies because of I don't bloody know argument or something. Isaiah oh, Washington did he just dies die in the explosion. Did he come back after that? I did, I thought he just died. He came, from yeah, the he came back and he was marked, wasn't he? Because you can only mark like sinful souls or something. That's why he. That's why they can't uh, control okay. K. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. So, but there's like remnants of a, a much deeper meaning there. Like when you read the trivia, and I, I can't bother going through it because I didn't write it all. But when you go to the IMBD trivia, uh, IMDB, whatever, um, it's all about how like the portraits in the ship are all about the struggle between this god and that god. And you can tell they wanted to have this really intricate backstory. Like for me, I reckon they probably started making the sets. Sets are magnificent, by the way. Um, they probably started making the sets based on the old material, or because you can see there's like this deeper meaning behind everything. But the film has clearly been changed to just be like, right, there's a guy collecting souls. He's a yeah. ferryman. You know, ferrying souls on one side of the river sticks to the other. All that kind of thing. He's worked for the devil, presumably, to collect all yeah, these souls. Yeah, he says that. He says something about he has upper management. And that's my note is like, who's his boss? Death? God? I. They don't really explain that at all. But he says something about like upper management will get mad at him or something. Yeah, he says, oh, if, if I don't if I don't fulfill my quota, they won't be happy. Because uh, it, it's it's like punishment after a lifetime of sin. Yeah. Type. Um, 
Katie, Katie tries to kind of help um, Epps, tries to warn him about the ship, which he gets tackled off the side by like a ghost. But that's actually Jack Ferryman, uh, who turns out he was the one survivor from the Lorelei. Jesus, that's hard to say. Um, the crew, uh, Katie helps Epps, shows her what happened to the crew. Uh, but then this small portion of the... I mean, I love the music as well. Um, the <laughs> um, <laughs> The yeah, they, gets... they do flashbacks, and even in the flashbacks, we're playing 2002 rock music. Oh, I love it, though. I absolutely love it. Um, <laughs> what's that tune as well? So, uh, something Falls on Painted Walls. Oh, the tune's just, the tune's just great. Um, the crew, uh, this small band of the crew, um, the, the creepy guy from earlier, a guy who looks like Joseph Goebbels. Um, there's, <laughs> he, he does. He genuinely does. Um yeah. The <laughs> she shows a Katie shows after what happened. I love Katie's reaction to her own scream. Uh, where she's just like, like she like turns away as if she's kind of embarrassed by it. Um, the officer kills, then the officer looks like Goebbels stabs the creepy Scarface guy, and then um, she's pretty cool. The machine gun the people in the swimming pool. and they just stand there at whatever. Uh, <laughs> um, and then the Goebbels-looking guy shoots the others when they go for the gold. Francesca then shoots him straight to the forehead. It's a hell of a shot. And you get this shot from behind yeah. through his head, which is pretty yeah. cool. Um, and then uh, someone walks in dressed like James Bond. You don't know who it is. And he kisses and her. It seems like he, yeah, it seems like he and Francesca planned this all together. And, you know, yeah. they're going to abscond with the gold and lead their sexy romantic life together until... He releases a hook, which goes straight in the bottom of a jaw, and she must have a strong jaw because it swings it around the room. Um, <laughs> which apparently, and I've not seen the original Black Christmas from 1974. I need to watch it. Um, yeah, I need to watch Friday the 13th first. But apparently, it's kind of a uh, <laughs> apparently it's kind of a homage to those uh, to that film. Sorry, there, Black Christmas. Okay, so, so I, I love the original Black Christmas, and I, I I've only seen it once. I really really liked it. I don't remember that homage, but that does sound. I do remember somebody getting like through their uh, bottom of their mouth, so that makes sense. Where where the rest of my notes gone? Is that all I have? Oh no. <laughs> Oh, no, that, no, that must have just that must have just been it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's uh, not much there's not much left to it no. besides that. Yeah, you find out like Ferriman starts impersonating the people that have died to try and trick the good wife, but she sees through it and she's trying to blow up the boat. Like that's her big plan to like save yeah. the day is like it, blow up the boat, send the gold to the bottom of the ocean by itself, and then Ferriman can't yeah. tempt anybody ever again to to get any more souls. Yeah, I mean, you get, you know, um, Ferryman tricks um, Murphy into attacking Epps because, well, he's drunk, but also because he makes Epps look like Santos, crispy, yes. burned Santos. And um, then you get, what else? Yeah, then, then obviously they knock him out. They put him in this aquarium tank thing. Which is like, really? You think that's not a good idea? Anywho. Um, and then he drowns, he's dead, and you see the photo kind of float away. And they have that music, it's like, and she gets all emotional. Um, and, then, and then and then you get the bit, uh, what happens after that? Yeah, so Munda gets crushed in this, in like the machinery when he's diving. 
because what Jack Ferryman's wanted is for them to fix the boat from sinking so he can continue to collect souls because, you know, he's obviously... Oh, the fi- oh that's something to find a group of people who've been dead three weeks in the laundry. Uh, so, obviously, this isn't the first time he's done this. He's done this for years, presumably. And um, Greer yeah, hence shoots... Hence why he found a digital watch and the, the cigarette with the lipstick yeah, on it. It was yeah. all these clues that other people have been here. Although I think the lipstick with the cigarette was meant to be Francesca's, wasn't it? I think. I don't oh, there. Um, come on, Stu. This is a logical she film, my friend. She has a really good singing voice for somebody who smokes. I don't know. She does. She really yeah. does. Um, Greer, uh, Greer appears, but it's Jack. What does that mean? Oh, yeah. So Greer, <laughs> Greer shotguns, Greer shotguns Feynman because there's a scene where Feynman switches. And obviously, we know this by now, so it doesn't have the impact that you think. And he's just like, no, we said to wait, so we'll wait. And he's like, and he like slips his jacket off, doesn't he? And his whole demeanor changes. He's like, you're pathetic. He's like, excuse me? Yes. He's like, you love her, but you don't have the balls to tell her you're weak, pathetic. And then he's like, you willing to die for her? And he shoots him, blasts him across the room. And he's dead. And then, and then there's that bit where his eyes like move and you're like, yeah, he's not dead. Um, then Greer, apparently Greer, turns up to see her and he's like, we're going to destroy, we're going to destroy the boat. She's like, no one's going to get the gold off. No one ever has. And Greer, in inverted commas, is like, but we could build a life together. And she's like, what are you talking about? And then she's like, why haven't you asked me where Munder is? And he's like, <laughs> maybe that's because, and he changes back to Jack. He's like, I already know. It gets a bit catted. I liked it. I enjoy it. You know, yeah. I can see where you might like, people might be like, oh, really? Um, because especially after that opening, you're expecting a really dark film, aren't you? Like, oh, this is going to be like really, but it's actually not that gory, which surprisingly, it's very like, it's not just, at all. Like after yeah. that first scene, it's not at all. No, I mean apart from like the the, the pool full of blood, uh, and it kind of has elements of like the shining. Like so after she'd after uh, uh, what's his face as I Washington dies, the character, um, she turns around and she's not this sexy Francesca anymore. She's like this old hag, a bit like the Shining, you know, the the woman in the bath, yes. in the bathtub. Yeah. Um, so I mean. Overall, Stu, because I mean I've just been talking to my notes. What, um, what did you think about the film? I mean, I know I read your letterbox, so I'm not expecting you to tell me it's up there with Casablanca. But <laughs> what what did you think? It it gets really boring in the second act. Like it's a really good first act. You have the great opening scene, and then you meet the crew and you see them stop this other boat from sinking. So, you know, they have the ability to do this. They're really good at salvaging boats and, and repairing old boats so that they can drag them to wherever they drag them and get money for them. And you get the the backstory with Ferrum or not the backstory, but you get Ferriman coming and telling them like, oh, you know, hey, I found this boat. And if you guys don't want to do it, I'll get other people to do it. So you get this whole story about how they're salvagers and they're trying to make this money and blah, blah, blah. And then once they get to the, the, the Garza, everything just grinds to a halt for a while. And it just becomes like some lame spoopy scares for a little bit that aren't that interesting. And the problem is it does get a little bit better in the third act. It does when things start picking up, it does get more interesting, but I, I mentally checked out so hard in the second act that it was hard to watch this movie and not just be like, 
see what's on my phone right now. Because I had just gotten... Uh, the second act is too too long and that's weird to say in a movie that's not that long like this is an hour and a half movie or so but they needed to throw in more engaging stuff in the second act than like oh we're gonna look around this boat for a while while santos talks about whether he can fix the engine or not like it's literally 40 minutes of them just walking around the boat and sometimes she sees the ghost of the little girl from sucker punch and sometimes other people see some stuff, but none of it is particularly interesting until, you know, the Ferriman heel turn is revealed. Do you think that should have come earlier, the the, the reveal? So it became more I of mean, a stalker type thing, possibly. Yeah, you, you might as well have, because like I said, there's nothing else in the second act that really hooks you. There's nothing... I think the movie, <laughs> Hooks you nicely done, Stu. <laughs> I think the movie just expects, like, oh, people are going to want to know what's going on. But the movie drastically overestimated itself because I didn't. Like, you give me that, that wire scene that you opened up with, you need to keep going at that pace. Like, you can't just rest on your laurels from there. And I feel like the movie just kind of went into a cocoon after, you know, a little bit after that scene. Does that make sense? Is that uh, Did you like the second act of this movie? Because I did not. And at least if you have Faramin revealed evil early, then at least there's an imminent threat that's not like, oh, the swimming pool filled up with blood. Oh, no. It's, I do know what you mean because I watched it back again, like, this evening. So I watched it last week for last week. Um, and then I, I thought, well, I'm going to have to watch it again, even though I can remember it all. But watch it again and analyze it. And I found myself reading trivia and writing trivia as the film was going on behind yeah. me. And I felt like I really didn't miss anything, which is very unusual because when I watch a film before a podcast, I'll make a few notes generally on my phone, but I got a notepad with me. Um, and and oh, yeah. I will kind I, of like oh. analyze it more. Yeah, I will analyze it more and be like, I like this shot. I liked how that looked. I liked how, and I'll like talk about it in those terms. And I find, whereas this time I didn't, I kind of, I mean, how are you going to do it with a film like this? I enjoyed it. Um, I think it hasn't got down in my estimation. Well, I don't know. I'm lying to myself. I think I've got such a nostalgia for it. I might as well just be honest that I don't think it'll drop in my estimations. But I have a feeling if it wasn't as nostalgic to me, I, it would have dropped in my estimations, which you know makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> but it does in my head. Uh, I still enjoy it for what it is. It's still something I'd throw on. I think, arguably, not that I reckon, you know, not that I'm, you know, kind of recommending anybody to drink. Uh, it would be better with a, as you know, Margulie said, big box of popcorn, couple of your mates round couple of beers or, you know, Ribenas, whatever your poison is, uh, I think it would be much. Or even just a film to watch, just to rip to pieces. I think it probably would yeah, be good for yeah. him. I don't think it's horrendous. No, no, no. It's... I think that, like, if you have the right friends around, you can watch a really good movie and still sit there and make fun of it and have a good time. Like, I've, oh, yeah. I've watched the original Wicker Man with my friends, which is a classic horror movie. I've watched that with groups of people, and we sat there and made fun of the Wicker Man. And it's, it, it you can have a really good time doing that. Just because you and friends can rip apart a movie doesn't make it bad. It's just, 
I think in a movie like this where you have those lols, you need somebody there with you in the middle of the movie to be pointing out the silly, stupid stuff and laughing at it so that you're kind of bridging your way to the climax. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, that's a good point, to be fair. Um, yeah, I, but I do I do think it's, it's worth a watch. I think there's far worse. I think we've had far worse kind of horror type films. Oh, uh, yeah. Since... I do, I do think it's worth checking out for the opening scene alone. Um, I, that's what I meant to say. I knew there was a big bit I'd forgotten. What did you think of the ending? You know where the ship blows up and then all okay, the spirits so yeah, are the... floating up. Oh yeah, I have a note there. It's like I guess, I guess all the ghosts are swimming up to heaven. <laughs> Pretty they much, look like they're swimming. They are swimming. They are they're literally swimming. swimming. But then they're they swimming like, to heaven. Disappear. I quite yeah. like that. No, I like the shot of the ship sinking and the kind of swirls up to head. I, I quite like yeah. that. Um, you know, I'm not religious, but I did think that I did like that kind of that idea that kind of all free to be with their yeah. families and stuff like that. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's it's very. Oh well, of course, that's not the actual ending. That's the yeah, before I was ending because it's. Because it's a horror movie, you get the, oh, everything's not actually okay ending at the end where Margulies gets saved. And then the people that saved her, she looks over while she's on the gurney and she sees them pulling the gold out and all of a sudden Faramin is with them. And it's like, oh, okay, it's a horror movie. Yeah, because you, know? you got that. It's the song. It's like, because you see the other, you see the guys carrying out. It's like, diddle, 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 diddle. <laughs> and the music's like, bumping away. And then, you, like, as soon as he turns, it's like, oh, I'm sorry for this, but yeah, diddly, diddly, <laughs> and it's like he looks at her and she's like, it's, and so I swear to God, I'm sure she did it on purpose. She was like, I'm, I'm done. Maybe it was the last shot of the film. She just, yeah. she just this really theatrical, no, <laughs> as they theatrically shut the like ambulance doors, uh -huh. and it's like, yeah, just, just go to the hospital, have a bit of morphine, forget about it. <laughs> Um, somebody, yeah, I somebody mean, stepped right out of screenwriting 101 and wrote that wrote that scene. You know what gets me though? though I quite like it a bit, but you know what gets me? It's the like the the last guy to walk on the gangplank before Ferryman. I'm sure that that is Ron Eldad's character. I'm sure it is. Oh, really? Either that, or it's a guy who looks ridiculously like him because he killed somebody. He technically killed Ferryman, although he didn't. Some, has he gone to hell because of that and now he has to repent? I don't know. Who knows? I, the film doesn't care. I don't know why I do. <laughs> uh, um, I mean, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I don't tend to do ratings. It's worth checking out. But it's, I mean, it's by no means going to change your life. I don't think it's, I don't think that's what it's there to do either. But it, it's, it's interesting. It's harmless, which is. I guess both the worst and nicest thing I'll say about it. Like it has a really amazing first five or 10 minutes that everyone needs to see. And then everything after that is fine. Like it's, yeah. you're not gonna, you know, want to pull your eyeballs out from watching this movie. It's not going to hurt you. It's just, it's a, a, an early 2000s ghost movie. Like you said, the it's from the people that made The House on Haunted Hill and 13 Ghosts and everything else. It's We had that stretch of about five years right at the turn of millennium where ghost stories really made a comeback and then died because we don't do them anymore. And this is... Well, no, no, we do. We just do, we just do exorcisms now. We do like yes. the conjuring well, no, and stuff the like thing. that. 
everything for the last like 15 years has been demons. Everything is demons yeah. now. Yeah. But for a while, everything was ghosts, and this is just one of those. I know, I know. I, w- I was dying to wonder if, like, vampires will become the next thing, but The Last Voyage of the Demeter isn't being released in the UK, so thanks a lot for that. Um, yeah. so. it's, it's, I was going to say, it's probably better made than Ghost Ship, but... Mm-hmm. Ghost ship. I I scored them the same score on Letterboxd. I would say Demeter is better made. Like it looks better. Mm-hmm. It looks more polished and professional, but it's less interesting. Like this has better things going on in it. Ooh, I wouldn't have expected. Okay, that well, I look forward to seeing it whenever I can. Uh, because God knows when they're gonna release it over here. Um, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. That's you know. Yeah. That that that's that sums up uh well, I was going to say not this podcast, not this chat. <laughs> how was your, how was your episode? It was fine. It was, okay. it was fine. <laughs> how was the podcast? Yeah. It was fine. You know, it's fine. It was okay. It was I harmless. Mean, we was both harmless. got through it relatively unscathed. <laughs> it's fine. Nobody hurt themselves. It was okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I put out a post earlier today saying Stu from Stu Alana Productions um, has just watched Ghost Ship for the first time. We'll be discussing it later today. What do you think of the iconic film? <laughs> Drop your comments below and we'll react to them in our episode. So uh, Luke from the Jesus, Luke from the I can't say it. Luke from the Nerdstalgic podcast said an underrated movie. Can't wait to hear your reviews. So you've heard them. Um, underrated, um, probably not anymore. Um, to be honest, I would have said that before, but I feel it's 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 not as good as I remembered. Um, and then two girls, one reusable cup podcast. Uh, very interesting name there. Uh, said, <laughs> so, I've I've been interacting with them recently. Yeah, that I've, is quite a name. I've not had I've not had the pleasure, but I will no doubt reach out to them. Um, said, so I have never seen it, mainly because the movie post terrified me as a child and haunted me for many years later. Hmm. Okay, well, I mean, it's not a bad poster. Apparently, it's it's uh, actually based on an old, um, an older film. I can't remember what the film's called. Something Ship. Um, it's, it's very <laughs> similar. Ship. No, it's called something else, but I can't remember what it's called. Mm. Um. It, Ghost boat or something. Um, <laughs> Ghost boat. Oh no, that was a. Oh, sorry, no, that was a. That was a drama on ITV with David Jason. Okay, no, it wasn't Ghost Boat. Something. I, I don't know. Something else. But as soon as you see the post, you're like, oh yeah, that's that's the one. Um. So yeah, I mean that. That's that's a lot. I get. I get. But thank you, thank I, you I to, uh, had to those guys. Quote for you. I had another quote for you. It came from my Facebook. Uh. Billy, who just has a brand new podcast. It is the Two Brains, One Vat podcast, and you can find it at uh, 2B1V is, if you're looking for it to check it out. Uh, he referred to Ghost Ship as, Ghost Ship is a one-star movie if I ever saw one. Um, I can, I mean, I can see how you could argue that, granted. But hey, oh, it would be a very boring podcast world if we all had the same opinion. Yeah, well, it's funny because you saw my letterbox score and you thought like, oh, Stu really didn't like this movie. Whereas he saw my letterbox score and thought, oh, you like that movie way too much. (laughs) 
Well, like, oh, well, Stu's really going off the deep end. No pun intended. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, um, well, we certainly haven't gone overboard with the praise. Oh, Jesus Christ. Bob, Bob. I know. Sorry about that. Uh, that was an absolutely abysmal joke, wasn't it? Uh, so, no, no, it's good. Thank you to uh, to Billy for reaching out as well to, to obviously your your side of things. No doubt I'll, uh, I'll have to link up with him uh, if he's just started. Should be good fun. But uh, no, it's been an absolute blast, Stu. Did you have any more notes? Because, I, I mean, I'm... I've, I'm trying to let me look over my notes here. I have all about the 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 ship drinking her blood, and the ghost is the little girl from Sucker Punch. Gabriel Byrne doesn't drink. The elevator shaft death. Oh, I like that we spend this entire movie, and we're like, oh, this boat is impossible to repair, and we have no chance to repair it, and it's it's taking on so much water. Then you get late in the movie. Repairing the Graza takes one twenty second long scene. <laughs> And that's it. All this, all this fretting, this whole movie about how hard it is going to be to repair this boat. It takes them one twenty-second long scene because the movie got bored with that subplot. The movie is just <laughs> like, ah, screw it. No, we're just repairing it. It's fine. Well, I think because they were going to go with the gold, weren't they? And just just take the gold and go. Uh, how are they going to explain where they found a load of gold? Well, I don't know. Uh, because maritime law doesn't work. How this? You don't just own something you find in maritime. It doesn't work like that. Um, but the film was like, yeah, we know, but we need to just simplify it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, Gabriel, it Gabriel like that. that's how it works. <laughs> yeah, so you know that's how it works. Um, yeah. yeah, you got you get a bit of the Mary Celeste and stuff like that. Uh, so, so yeah, uh, it's, anyway. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel absolutely exhausted after talking about this one. To be honest with you, <laughs> I enjoyed it. But yeah, going over, it's like, oh yeah, yeah. Oh. No, like you've got a film and you think it's like up here. You think, oh, it's all right, that film. Mm -hmm. Then you start to talk about it, you're like, oh, wait a minute. Oh yeah, that's not great. Oh, that bit's not great. But I mean, it's yeah. still, you know. you got to stand by your convictions, man. You well, haven't watched the Friday the 13th franchise, you said, and you, you just got yourself access to that franchise. I've watched those movies. I don't care how good or bad they are. I will defend those movies to the death. Most of them, not all of them, but most of them. Oh yeah, it's like the Halloween franchise. I mean, I've not seen them yet, but I mean, the Halloween franchise. The more more of the films in that franchise are bad than are good. But oh, still, the Friday the Thirteenth as a franchise is much better. There are much, there oh, okay. are many more, there are many more good Friday the Thirteenth movies than there are Halloween movies. Oh, well, I look forward to jumping into it. Into it at some well, whenever. They just, they just don't have any individual movie that's as good as Halloween 1. Ah. Ah, well. So, uh, to be fair, I saw somebody say that was overrated recently, so, I mean... What? That is absurd. I know, I know. I know. You don't need that kind of negativity in your life, Sean. And, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, would you like... Uh, did you have any more notes? Or is that you? I think I've done No, no, that's all I've got. Yeah, um... The Shining is much better, of course it is. But I, I was watching this film thinking, thinking this is what The Shining like would have been without Kubrick. Like, it, like because The Shining, like when you go through this, because I reviewed it a few weeks back with uh, uh -huh. Nathan uh, from the Midnight Screening Podcast. Uh, if you haven't had on as a guest, get him because he's, he's hilarious um, and very, very quirky, but, but brilliant with his trivia and stuff. He, um, we were talking about that and. I said, if you actually read that, we were talking about the plot to the, the Shining, and if you read, if you just described the Shining film without mentioning the characters or the director or anything, it sounds so middle of the road. 
Like all yeah. the end, there's a guy and his daughter. Uh, sorry, his, geez, I'm losing. There's a guy, his wife, and his son. They stay in this hotel that like closes over the winter, and he starts to go mad. And the kid like sees things, and the wife smokes really long cigarettes and cries a lot. <laughs> uh, and it's like, and it's like, oh yeah. Well, what else? Well, there's a, like a, a guy, like a caretaker, who comes back. But that's about it, and it snows a lot. And there's a little yellow beetle, and that starts the film riding, going through the Canadian Rockies, and you're like, hmm. No, what? not the Canadian Rockies. Colorado Rockies, sorry. Um, uh, so you, you mentioned The Shining without Kubrick. Did you ever see the other version of The Shining? No, because I've heard it's horrendous. Uh, it's I've never bad. seen it. I, I have no opinion on it because I've never seen it. I know, oddly, Stephen King himself likes the other version much more. Well, yeah, because it was all about alcoholism, wasn't it? Like, because he struggled with it, didn't he? And it was all meant, it was always meant about the kind of like, alf, you know, all about that. It wasn't meant yeah. to be about like the hotel and it was all it was meant to be about the demons within i think yeah i think um, i think he's mad that kubrick like made it his own thing instead of just making exactly what stephen king wrote kubrick like kubricked it up as you know he has the right to do because he's stanley kubrick and we're not but stephen king was like no that was my story <laughs> yeah well, well just don't sell your rights then just just don't let anybody adapt it um but I mean, you had Kubrick and then um, Diane, somebody I can't remember her name, uh, who who she co-wrote it with him, and she fascinating lady did did novels and stuff. So I think I think they brought a lot out of that. But I think sometimes you've got to change, you've got to adapt it that way, otherwise it just would be just a retread. I think some of the worst times when I've loved a book and then I've watched the film adaptation, I think, oh, is that it? Because they've like simplified it down and they haven't put bits in it, and you're like, oh. Wasn't very good. There's nothing. There's nothing worse than when that happens. It really is. Yeah. But hey ho, what can you do? Uh, would you like to tell everybody um, where you're from, where they can find your podcast, um, and how many months ahead you are in your episodes? I... Six, eight. <laughs> uh pretty close at this point. So yeah, uh, the podcast is the Stew World Order podcast, where we do random comic book movies. It is, it is August 16th. I currently have all of my episodes recorded through the end of January. Makes me sick, honest to God. <laughs> I've got all my episodes. I've got episodes to go into, I think, the end of September. Okay, well, that's still Maybe. good. Well, it's not bad, but it's not bloody January, is it? I mean, <laughs> no, nah, to be fair. Harder. That's, that's why I said I'm recording four times this week. <laughs> I mean... Some men have the stamina, Stu. I, I can't, I can't do that much. Something you know, I have to, you know, I have cut back drastically recently because I've got all this stuff tell, going. But I'll tell you what, though, while I'm, you know, promoting things, the podcast isn't the problem. The podcast is is gravy. I have no problem doing my podcast. The problem is I also have the website swoproductions.com. We have new articles every single weekday. That's the problem: is the <laughs> writing articles. Yeah, I mean, well, that's what I mean. And you're letterboxed. Well, uh, yeah, that's mostly me just goofing around. Like, I, I'm not <laughs> writing incredibly thorough reviews on Letterboxd. My my review for Ghost Ship was two sentences. Yeah, well, no, I was thinking, oh, I can't wait to see what he thinks. It's just like, yeah, it gets two stars for the opening, and then it was just boring. I was like, is that it? Is that all you get? Is that it? Like, Because I was going to talk to you. I want yeah, people to I know, listen I to your episode. 
if they just read my letterbox and it's like five paragraphs of what I think of the movie, they have no reason to listen to your episode. That's true. It is true. See? I'm supporting you. Uh, well, I'm glad somebody is. Cause one of you. Uh, <laughs> oh, I always support you. I love you. You're the uh, best. I... I have so much fun talking to you every time I do. Uh, it's been a blast. Well, if you want to speak to me. Yeah. I will say of all the episodes, I feel like I keep interrupting you this episode. No, no, don't be time. But of all the episodes you and I have done together, this is oddly the movie that we were most on task about. Because when we did Saving Private Ryan and when we did She's the Man and when we did Halloween H2O, we talked about everything on the planet except those movies. Oh, I know. Yeah, I remember. That's just mostly my podcast is just these random tangents. It's like this one. This one's been really on task for the last 15 yeah. minutes. have just been like, I know this because I did it back thinking, right, you were really on task for 50 minutes. They just went off on one. Um, but that's part. that's part, got to be part of the fun because if people want straightforward reviews... They'll either read them, go to their favorite YouTube person, or go to their favorite podcaster. If you want a half an hour review, you're not going to get it here. I don't I don't feel you can get it them enough. I mean, unless you've got a great idea like Bill, and you do it in half an hour, and you have this joke, oh, yeah, structured, yeah. and it's scripted, which, I mean, I can't script things. Good God, this is about scripting. Oh, I, I can't get. script either, yeah. Uh, well, no, because I can tell when I read things out. And I'll when I'll read this back, I'll be able to tell when I'm reading things out. And because it, it doesn't sound natural, uh, there's there's no pauses, there's no like bits like that. I like to just kind of crack into it. And um, this, I made a lot of notes of this because the the production was so fascinating and the changes were so fascinating. You know, you have like trivia about the Costa Concordia and all sorts. So, and I want and because the like, well, we even with how how much we know it, I still forgot bits. And I watched it about two hours ago. And it's like, oh, yeah, the ship blows up. And then this happens, and then that happens. And, oh, yeah, I remember that bit. Oh, yeah, well, when they walk in, when they walk in, that little board, cha- that little, like, letter thing changes to welcome aboard. And yes, like, oh, that's yeah. right. The I'm so bored becomes welcome aboard. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. How clever. I mean, they <laughs> um, Yeah, like, oh, yeah, they get on board. All the lifeboats have gone. The rudder's all jammed. Uh, you know, the compass is broken. Uh, there's a dead pigeon in like the uh, like in the bridge. Uh, it's I mean it's it's yeah. I will say this though the the production design's marvelous. They, they apparently made like the front section of the boat, the bow. Uh, they made oh, these, wow. They made these like they used a good combination of like models, a little bit of CGI because it's it's kind of right on that verge of of kind of models and CGI and stuff. They apparently filmed the real boat and then put the the kind of the CGI in and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good mix. The behind the scenes are pretty good and it, it did look a genuinely interesting film to do, but I, I don't think the overall result was kind of, certainly wasn't what the actors expected or certainly yeah. not the good wife. Uh, she's been pretty, <laughs> brutally honest about it. Um, but I'm always surprised when I ask, Oh, have you seen this? And they go, oh, no, I've never seen it. Like when I asked you, I was like, right, well, I have to do this one. Um, to be fair, you've been quite. I thought I thought you'd absolutely hate this one. I really, I thought, oh, this is going to be so much fun, and it's still been fun. But I thought there's going to be me going, oh, come on, this is it was all right, and you going, no, no, <laughs> no. It's like I said, it's harmless. It's nothing about this movie is like offensively bad. It's just it's boring at worst. Yeah, but that's the cardinal sin. Of yeah, films, don't you well, think? that's true. Yeah, mind you. But it's not boring throughout. Like, there are movies that are boring from, like, the word go. This is good, then it hits, like, a little valley, and then it gets good again. 
Yeah. It just needed to not hit that valley, man. It needed to do something to make the middle more interesting. Yeah. I mean, and how did the... Oh, it's a bit of a morbid thought. How did they kill that many people? There's about eight of them. That cruise ship carries, like, you know, Hundreds of hundreds people, of yeah. People. What, yeah. and they've, like, shot a few people in the swimming pool who are all in dinner jackets for some reason. They've poisoned a few people with the rat poison that are eating that, you know, that tomatoey soup. And they're with this weird broth on the top, which is no doubt, you know, the, the warfarin or whatever they're using. And then you end up with... um you end up with the guys walking around with these like razor, like the proper open razor blades that you used to use to shave your face. And they go around because the guy who like the little, the young student helps her with the spelling thing. He gets his throat slashed and then they're like carrying her down the corridor, ready to go hang her. And they're like just randomly slitting people's throats who are walking around. And it's like, this is really uncoordinated. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it's a weird way of putting it, but yeah, it's like really, this is very yeah. kind of chaotic. Uh, but I mean, then you see him at the end of the road, just spattered in blood. Uh, they stab that guy by the pool, and he's like, Ooh! It's the end. <laughs> Good fun, good. F- I mean, yeah, entertaining film. I'll give it that for the most part, but yeah, that parts very, very. I mean, well, I say very lean, it's only 90 minutes, but I mean, yeah, got to about the hour mark, and I was a bit like, All oh, right, come on, keep quicken up a bit. Probably would have helped if, like we said earlier. If they'd have done that reveal a bit earlier, so that you could have had yeah. kind of a bit more of a stuff, because it feels like at a certain point, like right, there's too many people alive now. You fix the ship, die, die, die. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, like that's it's true, like they just rush through people at the end. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I mean, I'm not being in any way rude, but there's so much foreplay with Gria's death. She sings mm-hmm. to him over the radio. He sees the cigarette. She's like stood in the background smoking, and then he finally sees her. Then he sees her again. All the room changes. Then she starts taking the top off, and then, then she, he falls down the shaft and dies. Um, not the kind of shafting he was wanting. Oh, take oh, that's bad. Oh. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so I, like I see what you mean about the pairs, and the person's a little bit off, a little bit like this podcast. Given I was meant to end it, now I'm continuing to talk. But uh, oh, he was bothered. But uh, you're listening to uh, Review it Yourself, the podcast with the Psy. No politics, no pandering, no point. If you'd want to check out any of the side series, we've now got four of them. We've got the, the original Review it Yourself. We've got the ever-classic, I think almost popular than the normal ones, Defend It Yourself, Come and Defend Your Favourite Bad Film, Batman and Robin, Alien 3, Meet Joe Black, etc. Oh, there's, there's, there's more coming up, don't worry. What have we got coming up? Airborne's coming up. Uh, Airborne's coming up soon. The 1993 Canadian skate, uh, sorry, rollerblading film, which I wasn't able to get a copy of, so that was an interesting episode. And now we've got Preview It Yourself, where someone comes on, we watch trailers for upcoming films, have a bit of a chat about our expectations. I just really enjoyed doing that. So that's a new format we've started. Although, bit of a bit of a sod, did Voyage, last Voyage of, of the Demeter, Turns out it's not getting released in the UK. So that was a bit of a shame. But never mind. It's kind of always, <laughs> can you? Uh, but yeah, you can find us on Twitter. Uh, well, yeah, Twitter. At Yourself Review. Just call it Twitter. It's yeah, yeah, no everyone knows what it, it is. Yeah, um, no one's calling it the other thing. No. Uh, we're on Instagram. Review Yourself Podcast 2021. And we should be able to be found on what whatever you were. Whatever podcast app you listen to. If you can rate it or... I know you want to be a guest, let me know. I'm always up for a good guest or two. Um, and yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure, uh, Stu, as always. 
Um, I, 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 it could have been, it could have been worse. I think it was all right. Quite happy with it, to be fair. Yeah, Quite enjoyed. That it. was perfectly good. Perfectly good. Better than fine. <laughs> uh, so no, thank, thanks a lot for uh, just squeezing me into the 500 recordings you've got this week. Oh uh, my god, yeah. Uh, honestly, the sweat is just dripping down his brown. He's that yeah. overworked. But uh, no, thanks, thanks a lot, uh, thanks a lot, Stu. I really appreciate your time. And yeah, as you. ever, because I don't absolute pleasure. And as ever, because I probably don't say it enough. Uh, thank you to anybody who listens. Um, I know I don't have a huge audience. I really don't. Uh, but I do appreciate the people who turn up week after week and listen to the episodes. And if you want to let me know what you want me to review or what you're enjoying, what you're not enjoying, let me know because it would be nice. Um, even if it's just to say how beautiful the logos are. If anybody wants to find out about those, go find Paul from SP Film Viewers. Um, he does a podcast about movies, but he also does beautiful um, logos as well and beautiful art. So go check him out. But yeah, that's me done. I'll stop rambling. I'll say thanks to Stu and I will let him go. Thank you to everyone for listening. Get it in, get it on and enjoy the vlog. Welcome to Film Vloggers. Oh, harder, Daddy. The only film review podcast, thankfully, that poses the question, does watching this film feel like vlogging a dead horse? There he is, beating that dead horse! Introducing your hosts. First up, her Irish potty mouth turns the air a whole new shade of blue. It's Fiona. Say hello, Fiona. And why the f*** is Dan Mackers doing our intro? That's great. It's great. She's adorable. And your second host needs no introduction. The man, the myth, the legend. Like, I said I'd do this. I said I'd do this for you. I'm not reading this. It's the guy who waffles too much. It's Ben. Cooey! I'm making waffles. So what are you waiting for? Grab your whip, mount your dead horse, and let's get on with the flog, shall we?